five four three two one Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Right? <laughs> You're like Janet Jackson. Let's go. I'm tired. <laughs> Wake up! I'm here. I'm here. Wake up! We talked about seventy two. Code red. Code red. We I'm not about... playing dead. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're dead, my dear, we can listen to records. Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good people all over the world, wherever you are. This is another episode of Music and We. I am Jamila. And I'm Jesse. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and I don't know if this is a special episode or not, but we are covering in depth, I guess. I, yes. I know I'm covering in depth. <laughs> 72 seasons. This is. Woo, the album came out, what What did it come out? The 14th? the 14th? Today, we're recording this on the 17th. Three days after. Three days. We have three days, three days. where we had to marinate this album. Yeah. And I think we both did in some way. I know I did. I'm still listening to it. Absolutely. Still <laughs> listening to it. Yep. <laughs> oh. we'll, be for, we'll be listening to it for a while. This is I think. wild. Yeah. So I personally, I think you have seen some stuff. But I personally have not watched the only thing that I've seen was the interview with Rob. And mm. I made a mistake of that because that went against my rule of I not going through that. anything. Hmm? I didn't even see that one. I, I, you saw the James one. The James one. Yes. See, I, that's but that the was one just I'm a minute. Really... It was just a minute. It's, it wasn't the full oh. one. So I've only just watched a minute of it. Yeah. Wait, it was, it was a, a preview. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a preview on Instagram. But I didn't watch the full thing because I was kind of in the same situation like i want to just say my thoughts and then after this recording i can endeavor on the interviews oh yeah no i this is gonna take me a month or two to get through all Jamila of this currently stuff. has over 200 tabs <laughs> of metallica interviews and related well no that's not just metallica that's right. a bunch of stuff <laughs> but yeah i do have over 200 tabs it's really sad it is I, i'm not even gonna don't expose me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You, I'm, I'm naked, broken, beat, and scarred here. <laughs> and you were exposing my tab use. Right. Sir. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> but yeah, the Rob interview, I don't think went too much into the details of the album. Right. And he did a little bit, but I kind of skipped over that because... Okay. I said no, 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 no. Are you talking about an I'm not. I'm not looking at that. So, right. I did see a lot of it, but I glazed over the stuff which actually talked about the album. So I guess technically, good. I didn't see the whole thing. So yeah, I'm gonna even look at the Rob thing. So, what I want to start with right now is the album ranking. So we've had several. Oh, okay. But now I want to know what your ranking is, where 72 is on your ranking right now. So we're going to do all the albums, including Lulu. Okay, including Lulu. Well, yeah. And we can include S&M in that, too. Oh, okay. So it was, a, it was like 12 albums, 13. I, I don't even know anymore. Hmm. Yeah, like 12. <laughs> Three days in. Okay. 72 seasons is number one. Uh, uh, okay. 
Why? Because it did something I didn't, I've been trying, it helped me do something that I, I mean, I'm taking it personal, sort of like the relationship I've had with this music and what's going on in my life. It's like a mirror in so many ways. So just is for it, that is reason Is it a room alone, of mirrors? It is a room of mirrors <laughs> in hallways. <laughs> so yes, it is definitely number one currently for me right now. Wow. Second is wow. Death Magnetic. See, that's your album. Yeah, that's the album. I mean, it's, yeah, Death Magnetic, no question. Third is Saint Anger. Yes, it's up three. Top, <laughs> Top three. three. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Saint Anger. Fourth is Hardwired. Yeah, that's that's your album too. Yeah. Yeah. Hardwired. Six is Wait, lo- you five. Oh, five. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Five, Load. Okay. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Five is Reload and then Load. I realize I like it. Why? Because, I don't know, it's something about reload that just it's the attitude i don't know it's just everything in it because it has just, attitude on it. yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> so reload yeah reload did you just eat that's why did i what you just ate that's no, why. okay no, no. <laughs> <laughs> i just thought about it because i have both load and reload and I'm like i actually like reload a little bit better as an album i mean i love both but if just for the sake of okay. category yeah i'm gonna say reload and then load then it would be you like after that i don't even know ride the lightning <laughs> oh wow ride the lightning yes and then the black album okay and then the truths are gonna be mad at you i know exactly <laughs> y'all i'm oh, the sorry truths are mad at the me truths too, right with my list y'all gonna so just have to get that i'm not that well like <laughs> versed um i want to say kill them all but a part of me wants to look at the list just to make sure I'm not missing an important one. Well, Master Puppets. of Puppets, I'm sorry. I want to, yeah, I want to say, before I kill him, I'm going to say Master of Puppets. Okay. So Master of Puppets, then Justice. Okay. Because basically Lulu is going to be the, the last. I'm just yeah, get it out the I way. don't even want to discuss that right. with you. <laughs> it's just the way it is. And then right after that is going to be, or right before that would be Kill em All. So so Kill em All and then Lulu? Then Lulu, Okay. Yeah. Where does S&M fit on that? So SNM would be in between. <laughs> this is oh, that's hard. Okay. Probably right before, or right in between um, the black the black album. I really Wait, like in SNM. between the black album or before it. After. Okay. After oh, black okay. Album. Yeah. All right. So here's my list. <laughs> Where's number one? Number. Guess what number one is? Same anger. No. It's not. No. Okay. 72 seasons? Yes. Okay. All right. Three days in. We got it. Okay. Yes. Yes. Why? I'm going to explain that. Okay. But I'm going to, I'm going to tell you my list and I'm going to explain it. But yes, 72 72 seasons seasons is number one right now. Okay. And it probably will be until there's another album. Wow. Okay. (laughs) St. Anger number two. And I still consider St. Anger to be one of the greatest albums of all time, top 10. That mm-hmm. has not changed. Yes. But there is a reason 72 is number one. Okay. Number three, Load. Number four, Death Magnetic slash Beyond Magnetic. That's a tie for me. Yes. Five, Reload. Six. What's six? Not Master Puppet? No. Load? No. Load, load Hardwired. was... Hardwired. Load was three. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> S&M? close uh 
is it? Lulu. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I was wow. I have to remember you really love that album. So yes. okay, six is Lulu. That's incredible. Okay. Seven S and M. Eight Justice. <laughs> nine Puppets. Ten the Black Album. Eleven Lightning and Twelve Kill 'em All. And I love all these albums. Yes. But I am ranking them in accordance to how I connect with you lyrics predominantly. Okay. Yeah. And seventy two seasons. It, Every single song. I mean, even with Load, I don't personally connect to every song. I think every song is good. But do I connect with Ain't My Bitch as much? No. But it's a great opener. It's a great song. Mm -hmm. But the overarching theme of Load, I can connect with and identify with. But there are particular songs I don't necessarily go, hmm, that's happened to me. In 72 seasons, I can connect something. Every song. Every song that has happened to me. And St. Anger, here's, I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I'm, I'm wanting to know. <laughs> Enthralled. So, us. yeah, St. Anger is one of the greatest albums of all time. Hands down, I do not care. I will die on that hill probably. <laughs> but to me, 72 seasons is Metallica's greatest album because load is the seed, Saint Anger is the seedling still navigating its way into the world, and 72 seasons is the fully blossomed flower. That is why 72 seasons yeah. is my favorite Metallica album. Wow, that's a way to put it. You've always acknowledged the history, like there wouldn't be Saint yeah. Anger if it wasn't for load, and okay. Yeah. Load walked so Saint Anger could run, and now 72 seasons is the realization of that. Right. It's the work that was done from St. Anger on. And you really do see that. Absolutely. And so it's clear James Hetfield, who is the primary songwriter, of course, is still struggling in some capacity. Mm-hmm. But the way he engages with the lyrics, just so mature, so beautiful. It really is a fully blossomed flower. And I don't know who can argue against that. And there might be some people, like, I don't know. But just from my perspective, this is St. Anger Perfected. Wow. And again, yeah. St. Anger is one of the greatest albums of all Absolutely. time. Absolutely. So, yeah, don't, I don't even want to hear that from me. <laughs> what do you mean, St. Anger? No. I, right. No. And initially, yeah, when uh, we came from the listening event, I said, yeah, it's not beating St. Anger. But yeah, now I was going to say, I was going to mention that. Just the evolution yeah. of that. Yeah. It's, it's an evolution, and that's what a mental health experience should be mm-hmm. to wallow in a particular experience. There's a difference between wallowing in that and experiencing that and being in a cycle. Right. And so I've been through both. <laughs> I yes. experience both. So I just sense a lot of that from what's happening in the nooks and crannies of this album. It is a number one album. It is literally Metallica's best work that they've ever done. Y'all and heard I that. will die on <laughs> that hill. She will die on Until, that Until, you know, if they have another album, that's better. But right now, I think 72 Seasons yes. is their okay. greatest work. And yeah. I stand firm on that right now. And this is three days in. This is three days in. So that's a quite a... Of a reach of the next episode would be like, man, St. Anger's number one. I don't know. <laughs> but Where? yeah, as far as right now, 72 Seasons is not only my favorite Metallica album, but their greatest album. Mm. That is where I stand on that right now. Ooh.
I'm standing ten toes down on that. Well, five toes because <laughs> well, it's my number one right now, so I can't really, I can't disagree with you, honestly. So, <laughs> five toes down, you're still standing. God That's damn right. it. <laughs> yeah. Saint Anger and Seventy Two Seasons, they were also the most collaborative right. projects they've mm-hmm. done, but you can tell that you know there wasn't a lot of the stress and strife there wasn't a lot of the not knowing how to holistically deal with grief that they were dealing with they hadn't holistically or quote-unquote healthily dealt with the passing of cliff burton Mm -hmm. they've had some time to get to know each other as people a little better not just as band members or co-creators They have had methods to be able to deal with grief. And so you're seeing all that play out. It's a result of all that work that's been done. It's beautiful. The album is so incredibly devastatingly beautiful. It's also hopeful. To me, Seven Year Two Seasons is literally the most succinct expression of someone who lives day to day with depression. Mm-hmm. And I am someone who lives day to day with depression. Yes. Yeah. So every single song just accurately describes my life in this way that I hadn't heard before. And yeah, there are songs here and there where you're like, yeah, I I totally feel that and I get it. But a whole album, I can't remember the last time I heard a whole album, which describes deal with those themes and- the ups and downs yeah. and just the struggling to get out of bed, to get dressed, to take a shower, to brush your teeth, mm-hmm. all of that. Just the need for connection, but not knowing where to get that connection or how to express that you need it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's that the conversations in your head constantly that you're not good enough. All right. And even in the uh, listening event, James Hadfield talked about that. And I said, like oh there were so many times i just was like i i'm there with you i understand i experienced that yes and people go well no you're fine but that's not what your head's telling you Mm -hmm. and you can't really express how painful that is because it's a very particular type of experience and it's hard to describe and i really do think this album again succinctly describes that so there are the moments where you're breaking down, you're feeling desperation, you just are crying and you just, again, are di- have difficulty speaking in mm-hmm. words that people understand. And then the rest of the day, you're fine and you're laughing. I mean, this is depression. And it's assumed that depression is held in a particular way or it's this universal experience, but it's not. Right. And depression has various expressions whatever day it is or whatever minute it is so you know it's those days where you really don't want to talk to anyone but you really need to Mm -hmm. and i'm the person that really needs people to connect with me and reach out even if it's five minutes i need to be checking in with someone every day just so i can have that connection and when i'm in most days just like talking to myself and in my head that's most of my life Mm-hmm. Where I'm just in my head, and that's not necessarily a good thing, you know? Right. So, and the fear of disappointment that eats you alive, we just talked about that. Yeah. Where I have this incredible fear of disappointing people. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing about depression is there's upsides. There's days where you just smile. 
And you're like, you know what? I'm going to be okay. I'm going to come out of this. I'm going to survive. All of these things were expressed in 72 seasons. Yes. It's so beautiful. And if somebody listening has another album where they can pass on to me, you know, somebody might say Nick Drake. Somebody <laughs> might say Elliot Smith. All right. And for me, just the music I've heard of those two and the albums I've had, I don't necessarily see the range that I see in 72 seasons. And somebody could totally correct me on that. Mm -hmm. I could be totally wrong. And there might be music I haven't heard, but I don't know James Hetfield. Right. I don't know him. I don't know anyone in Metallica. Knowing some of the things that he's expressed and uh, some of the things that he's gone through and has been public about on one level or another, or other people were public for him, sadly. Mm -hmm. I just know that he was going through something in these lyrics. Oh, yeah. And I just really wanted to give him a hug. <laughs> it's just like him bearing his soul on that level. It was a very different level of expression in St. Anger. And again, it was such a mature way of bearing the soul in 72 seasons. Yes. I think just us having that understanding that compassion, the humanity, and you know, opening our own hearts. He's opened his heart. And for us to also open our hearts and our minds mm -hmm. to really take in that experience and understand that he's a human. And there's just a lot of that going on with the music. So I just really want to express my gratitude for an album like 72 Seasons, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I, I, I'm going to shut up, but I want to know what are your five favorite in terms of uh, lyrics, just collectively. So not like, mm. oh, there's a song here and there, but what speaks to you lyrically in terms of Metallica albums? Like, oh, uh, all of Metallica uh, albums yeah. lyrically. Um, Every album? No, no. I was, oh. I was just thinking. <laughs> like, of, <laughs> yeah, jump in the fire. Okay. Right. <laughs> That's a funny connection. This is... I'm going to add, I mean, including this one, yes, 72 seasons. I really, I would say Beyond Magnetic, uh, that I remember listening to that, just, you know, Bullet Train, of course. I mean, uh, just the Bullet the Way. Bullet I know, not, not Bullet You're Train. You're in Japan? <laughs> Bullet Train? <laughs> just the Bullet the Way and the other record. Like, the, all of, I do find something in his lyrics. Like, I, f I feel like all of the, the songs I've heard, even the ones that are not as personal that I find myself in, there's depth to these lyrics that I really find unique and special and I can find connections to. I really felt that same way about Justice as well. Ooh. I think the way James Wright as the narrator and then also he is taking many other forms through his writing, like it can be many, many things, but it's very personal. I feel like anyone who's listening can get something out of what he's saying and just to your point earlier about this album like every song is a journey of discovery into the ups and downs of like dealing with the things you experienced your past you know and how that defines the the, the future and that's what's been so remarkable listening to this album for me is seeing the suppressed thoughts of myself and ideas of who I believed, or who I believe I am, due to the molding of my upbringing in the church and my journey of self discovery and my journey of trying to reconcile with all of what I've experienced, not just the last 
three or four years, but the beginnings of whatever I'm doing. But um, yeah, that's gone on a tangent. So <laughs> to your question, 72 seasons, you said five. That's, yeah. yeah. So 72 seasons, Beyond Magnetic, Hardwired, Justice, and St. Anger. Wow. For me, Load, 72, Death Magnetic, St. Anger, and Reload. And Reload, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really curious about this because you're breaking my brain right now because I'm a person that's usually the lyrics person and you tend to focus on the riff and the solos and everything so not looking at any of the stuff so as to not spoil any of our perceptions before we did this episode or anything we haven't even talked about what we thought about this album to each other yeah <laughs> so this is really fascinating <laughs> i am so excited i'm so excited to hear She's what you so have to say excited. you don't even know maybe you do <laughs> but i wanted to talk a little bit about this because i am a person who plays music but yes. i identify as a writer first mm -hmm. and so for me especially because i think james hetfield is one of the greatest songwriters so I do focus a lot on the lyrics before I do anything else. At the same time, because I play music, there are things I automatically catch. Mm -hmm. And because it's Metallica and they've been a band for 40 years, there are particular patterns they have. Right. So when we went to see the listening event, I don't, I don't want to call it listening party. I'm calling it listening event. Right. <laughs> but when we went to see the listening event, I remember you saying to me, wow, you caught these things or you just heard the song, you caught this because there are particular patterns and then I'm yeah. hearing things. So yeah, as a person who plays music, I catch those sensibilities. But at the same time, or even more, I'm focused on the lyrics and connecting with it in that way. And there was a part, was it a Room of Mirrors? I can't remember what song, song it was, but I looked over at you and it was in reference to the lyrics, but then you responded to me and talked about the riff. Mm -hmm. So that's why you're just breaking my brain right now talking about connecting with the lyrics because you've always talked about connecting with the riffs and the solos. So even talking about this, this is shocking me right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, I have a horrible time connecting dates and names oh, but right. lyrics are something that i can get i don't I mean, I'm understand i'm pretty good that. at dates and names see you're great at dates and names i'm terrible and i'm better with lyrics and, and you don't even know lyrics from death magnetic even though i know it's, even so, though it's and the funny thing is i would generally say i'm good at lyrics like i mean when i look oh. at an artist like prince or stevie wonder yeah. or i know their oh, lyrics i don't even stevie wonder i know i love I know, stevie like, i don't even know any of his lyrics <laughs> but songs i really like <laughs> i i end up learning the lyrics and i know with this yeah. album this is likely going to be the album i've i get i'm before death magnetic i think i'm gonna get all the lyrics down because i'm gonna listen to this more and I have and Death I, Magnetic way I, all up. I know that's your album, and you listen to okay. But you really love this album. Yeah, and this is my first experience with I was a gonna, new. I was you know, it's say just that. happening. It's so yeah. fresh. That's the other side to it is that I think a lot of young people are listening to Metallica as they always have. But a key component to that is the day and age we are in with social media. You know, and the mm -hmm. the topics of loneliness, suicide, depression. 
that's a real, I mean, that's been going on for a long time, but we're seeing it even more now. And so a lot of people really identify with these themes and just putting myself just as a person listening to these songs, I'm like, I really, really identify with this stuff. It's not like, like this is an old man singing, what are they talking about? You know, it's relevant (laughs) stuff. (laughs) (laughs) To your point, because I know that you've said you have seasonal depression, but not Mm -hmm. all year. Is that where you can identify with the lyrics or are there other parts of your life's experience that you can connect to? Or is it just this particular part of the year? No, I don't think it's this part of the year at all. I feel like it's the way I connect with the lyrics are like my being, who I am, what I am due to my experiences. Just like really the the first 18 years of my development. And how that has influenced how I perceive myself now and how I have perceived myself then. And so when I read the lyrics, and that's what made this experience a little different because when I heard the album this morning, I heard it while reading the lyrics, like reading it and listening at the same time. And so while I'm listening and I hear what he's singing about and I hear, because you know, music is obviously the music, but then you're reading the lyrics too. So there's two different experiences and I'm, it was almost like it was reading me. And so it didn't make me just saying it as I already told you earlier, like this made me cry. Like I was crying throughout the whole album because the themes that he spoke about, I saw, all of myself in those themes, like just trying to run from the things you are and not really facing it and feeling, you know, even that you must burn. It's like, you know, with witches, they have been burned for just questioning, you know, quest, just the act of questioning could put you in a position to be seen as a witch. And just to think of it from that angle, like I've been burned through my own discovery because that was seen as being, you know, against the norm or just going against the frame that you were raised in. So it was like really hearkening back to how I've always felt like the, cause I'm a child of four, you know, I have, and I've being the youngest child, I've always been seen as the most uh, black sheep. Like I got my own mind. He doesn't sort of rebellious, so to speaking, but it exposed just who I am and, and, and what that journey is for me in a way that I never thought I could identify it just really stripped the layers off. No, it's still. Right, I know, I know, I know, I know. Go ahead. Tear it down, strip the layers off. My turpentine. Oh, pain. Oh, look. Cover up the past. Why heat? Why lies? Super white bones. Bones of you and I. Give me. Can't you help me? Yes. Any opportunity to sing that, you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's funny you mentioned that because I feel like right now I'm encountering another era of the 72 seasons just becoming amputee a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. So I'm having a lot of things coming up for me that came up in the initial 72 seasons. And that's very scary for me. And it's not something I talk about a lot. And so as you're saying, a lot came up for me listening to this album mm-hmm. that I hadn't thought about, even though I was experiencing it, I didn't think about it. Right. So, you know, navigating the world as this shy kid 
with extremely low self-esteem and my eyes glued to the ground. You know, that's one thing. I had two meat legs. Mm -hmm. And then I found my voice. And then now it's like, oh, I have to find my voice again. Mm. Being an amputee and a disabled person in the world. So as a kid who's also experienced trauma and abuse, and then now experiencing another type of trauma as an adult, it's very hard to express in a world that is ableist. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying, oh, everything's ableist, not like that, but literally there's no facilities for disabled people in many cases, like bathrooms. And we right. had an episode talking about that. Mm -hmm. So this society we are living in right now is very ableist. Absolutely. And so that comes with another set of traumas that I experienced with that I don't particularly express and don't talk about. And a lot of that's in my head. Mm -hmm. You know, in case you are listening to us for the first time, I got hit by a semi truck. So, <laughs> you yeah. know, I talk about it, you know, or, or at least mention it every episode. But in the case you weren't aware of that, yes. And as a result of that, I have uh, pins and rods in my left leg. So I don't have bones in my shin and my ankle. And uh, the right leg is amputated. There you go. So, 72 Seasons is also my first album right. cycle. Exactly. As I experienced this new 72 season. So we're doing this together. Right. Absolutely. And as you're saying, a lot of stuff's coming up for me. And in my view, to me, this album is a tribute not only to fans, because there's a lot of Easter eggs. Because oh, there are things yeah. I've mentioned, and you're like, wait right. a minute. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So there's a ton of Easter eggs and references, not only to their inspirations but also their own albums but uh, to me the album's also a tribute to the work done to be able to produce a beautiful journey of vulnerability and awareness so those are words you mentioned yes and it really is that i really right. feel like this is a journey they have touched on so again load walks of saint anger can run but this is a whole new journey these are men in their late 50s, in their 60s, and they are processing life very differently than they did when they turned 40, which was the St. Anger era. Mm -hmm. And then when they were in their 30s, which was the load era and reload right. era. So what was the saying? I think it was Muhammad Ali. If you are the same person you were at 20 that you are at 40, something like that. Mm. So it's very true. And for people who want alcoholica to remain no, no. or you know they just want that level of immaturity and hyper masculinity it's damaging to the psyche yeah and why would you want to hear that from a group of men who are in their 50s and 60s like that doesn't make any sense All right and there's only so far you can go with that, with that amount of aggression yeah it's tiring i'm sure for people who are socialized as males absolutely as a person who is socializes i cannot speak for you but i'm right. sure it's yeah, it very tiring. tiring for you to be expected to perform that absolutely <laughs> it's a crown of barbed wire <laughs> absolutely <laughs> So tight, this, this crown, crown of 
fucked. Why? Oh, we're getting into it. We're going to talk about these songs. So I do, I want to get into specifics in the way I connect with this album. This album means so much to me. So as I said, you know, it brought, it's brought up a lot of what I've been struggling with and have not been able to find the words to discuss why I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the period where I was just getting in the process of finally accepting myself and my body and becoming okay and saying, oh, I finally love myself. Right. And that was the age of 42. It took 42 years to get to the point where I said I love myself. Mm-hmm. It took 38 years to look in the mirror and say, you know what? You're all right. And then this accident happened. And mm-hmm. now I'm back at zero mm-hmm. and really struggling with that. And I know we're both going to cry this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting ready to do it. But just to get back to that point where I struggle, just to struggle to look in the mirror. And then when I do, it's just like, you're disgusting. Mm. You're you know, just all the things that you say in your head, you're not good enough, all these things. These things happen in my head that I don't talk to you about. Right. So, you know, just putting the work in to be healthy and exercising and trying to figure out how to do that as a disabled person, it's very different because I did jujitsu. Mm, I yes. rode my bike every single day. I did boxing. I did pull-ups. I was very athletic. And now again, I have to start over and I feel like the process is so slow and Mm -hmm. I'm not getting anywhere and I'm hating myself for it. I don't know why that is, but all of these things in my head and also just not being able to connect with people in a physical way. So I had a community when I lived in another state, I moved to another state and then I lost that connection. I mean, I can talk to people on the phone, but that's very different. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't built a similar community and we talked to our neighbors and everything, right. but that's, that's, it's just very different. So there are people I do talk to again, I can text and, you know, we can go see Metallica together. And I always cherish those moments when I can see those people because those are the moments I have. Yeah. I don't get a lot of those moments. And so me going to see Metallica a bunch of times, this is why I'm like, I'm okay with going to see them because that's the physical connection I am going to have with people that Mm -hmm. I don't get right now. Right. And um, people are like, why are you seeing them? It's because of that. Mm -hmm. Because it's not easy for me to simply just go outside and ride my bike and just go. It's hard I have an electric wheelchair, but I can't go that far. Right. So to just travel and it, it's hard for me to physically do that. So when I see people just sitting there, say on the computer all day, people I know, and I'm just like, why are you not going outside? You have every opportunity to do that. I don't go do it. It just makes me so upset. Yeah. Because I'm upset at myself that I can't do that. And so I'm sort of like internalizing that anger and kind of putting it onto other people because I'm Mm. like, you can physically do it. Why are you not doing it? Right. And then when you talk about, yeah, you know, I just um, got a phone call from my friend. I'm going to go hang out. It makes me really happy for you that you have found these connections, but 
it makes me sad for myself because I haven't been able to find that. Right. And again, you have the ability to physically go out and do that because you have two legs. Mm-hmm. So I, I just have a lot of resentment for myself. I have a lot of feeling that I'm imprisoned in this body because I can't do the things that I was once able to do. And these things are beyond my control, but it doesn't mean I'm internalizing, that I'm not internalizing these things um, and always processing. And so I'm just starting at zero all over again, and I hate it. Um, And then I I think, well, who wants to be with this person who's damaged? Hmm. So I'm just processing so much, and, and the wheels are turning in my head, and I'm asking myself these questions people are like oh you're great and i love your like we're, we're at, we go out everyone's just like i love your energy mm-hmm. I, I love your energy and that's great and everything but i i'm still asking who wants to be with me i'm damaged you know i don't see myself as defective so i guess that's a positive because to me defective is like is just something or someone you throw away versus damage it's like oh you can be repaired right but People still throw away things that are damaged. Yeah. And so even though it has the p- potentiality to be repaired, people are like, I'm, t- I'm tired of repairing this. I want something that's new. I want mm-hmm. something that's societally acceptable. And I, 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 I'm not expecting people to go up to every single disabled person. And, you know, we can't assume who is or isn't disabled. I'm talking about people who are amputees that are clearly you know, moving in the world as a disabled person. So don't assume who is or who isn't unless you know them or, to, right. but you know, I don't expect anyone listening to this to go and be like, Hey, as an amputee, like don't do that. No, of course. Don't do that. Yeah, We're don't do that. people. I'm just saying like, don't assume that someone who is an amputee or is on whatever spectrum of disability exist or lives in one way or another because there are folks who are amputees that are doing just fine and they're playing sports and whatever right so my experience is different and i you know i i think particularly like the first couple years or first year year and a half it was fine and i think when i was in the hospital i think i was most okay because i had a routine right I had people I talked to every day. It was very comforting. And once I got out the hospital, I went to my aunt. And again, that was a routine. And I had people I talked to. But then once I got there, it was just, I lost all that. And that really hurt. Yeah, it's something I think about every day. Doing a lot of work. And I'm like, oh, is this all there is? Like, Why do I feel like I'm not moving? I'm not progressing. I resent myself for it. And... I understand that I need to be more patient with myself, but Absolutely. it's really hard because I, I was at the place where I finally loved myself and I have to love this new body. And it's really hard. It's really hard for me. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel ugly. I feel worthless sometimes if, you know, somebody could be like, no, no, but I mean, I'm just telling you how I feel and how I move through the day. And it, it's this is the first time I'm really talking about it with you. I think maybe yeah. I don't know. Um, and so, 
not all of this has to do with childhood trauma. A lot of it has to do with moving through the world in what is a white supremacist, patriarchal capitalist system, as Bell Hooks R.I.P. talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that ableism has a lot to do with that because Absolutely. the society we live in is catered to people who have two legs or who don't need wheelchairs or who um, don't have degenerative diseases or whatever. Moving through the world is hard people. And E.T., who was on a couple of episodes ago, may have a very different experience than I have. Other amputees, people who have their arms amputated or fingers or whatever, um, Tony Iommi of Black Sabbath, his experience is very different than mine. Right. Even though he's, you know, also considered an amputee. So this is just the ways that I, I am connecting with this album. And just I'm also a dark-skinned African woman who, you know, talking about the non-traditional sensibilities, I also move through the world in that way in terms of how I see myself, in terms of how I present Sometimes I present as feminine, sometimes I don't, because yeah. I like the variety. Uh, uh, the political ideologies I hold, the music I listen to, people are like, I don't know, you listen to punk or whatever. Right. It's assumed that, you know, because of what I look like, I'm going to listen to a certain type of music. The neck to foot tattoos that I have covered in them, the way my brain processes things, it's just not traditional. So, Every single moment I'm awake, my brain is processing and going through all of these things. And I also live in a society that loves to reduce thought to slogans or a limited number of characters. And that's just not how my brain works. Like you're listening to me right now. (laughs) Like this would have been cut off. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Your brain is constantly going. You can't be framed into a. An algorithm that is usually used like right Pe- people listening like will you just shut up already but i think there needs to be a space for people to process things absolutely and yeah. we don't have enough of that space to just really sit and cry and to comfort each other and to be human with one another everyone's just like okay i know i do the 10 seconds or less thing you know if i'm having right. an exchange with someone but i think there really does need to be spaces where someone can just come and say i need to talk to you for sure yeah and just being an amputee that's another space that i sit in and you know you combine all of these things and i'm often wondering if people are talking to me because they have pity for me are Mm. they fetishizing me Mm. um are they seeing my full humanity those are questions i always have people like no i see you but Mm. Anyone who is marginalized, whether it's politically, socially, or whatever, those things are going through your head. Man, are you walking on the other side of the street because of what I look at? You know, that it, those questions are going to happen. And it, it may be something as simple as they want to go to the store on the other side of the street, but you don't know that right. because of societal history, exactly. because of your experiences. You have to question it. So this idea that, oh, man, you know, just being gaslit like it's all in your head. No, these things have historical resonance. Why people who are marginalized and politically and societally oppressed do have the thoughts they do and do have the questions they do. And I think 
it's high time people open their hearts and minds and really listen. Absolutely. And understand why we have these questions that we do. So, yeah, uh, this is why I'm connecting with 72 Seasons. It's all of those things and more. All of those. I mean, you're getting more. it from a whole new perspective as an amputee, as you spoke to. So that does change the trajectory of just your life. Because before the accident, as you know, you were active in all of these things and just being at a place where you were accepting who you were. And then this happens. So it's like, I can't imagine the whirlwind of difference that that puts you in. Cause it's literally like starting over after you've, you've climbed so far. And now you're just having to see yourself in this new light and all of those other things still exist. It's just now in a new shell, so to speak. Yeah. So I, maybe we're coming from different places when we take in this album, but I think there's commonalities for sure. Yes. Shall we talk about the album? Yes. We shall. <laughs> On that note. Um, so the one thing I noticed, I did pre-order all formats so cd vinyl and cassette they started shipping on the 14th so i don't think anybody really got their records or whatever format they got until uh either over the weekend or like we end up getting our stuff today yeah so <laughs> however you were so kind to go to the record store and yes the day of so the story is I went to Walmart. They didn't have it. I asked the guy, hey, is there something that I, do y'all have it anywhere? He's like, no, it's an online exclusive. So I ended up calling. Not true. Not right. True. It's not even true, right? They didn't have it at Walmart. I called Target. The Target did not even, I called Target like maybe three times and it kept just hanging up by the time they transferred me to the music department. So then I called the record store that was like 10 minutes away from where I was. And he's like, yeah, you're the only one to get it. There's no other, no one actually. <laughs> <laughs> so we yeah i don't know what's up but i got the record there was not the cd but the vinyl Thank so you. purple vinyl yeah it's a midnight indie exclusive uh yeah. variant if i'm mm -hmm. not mistaken so yes it was the purple the one i ordered was the smoky black but you look it's actually clear yeah it's 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 nice. interesting it's really it's pretty nice. though it's pretty uh my goodness so of course we sat and listened to the vinyl yes <laughs> well before that we went to the listening event so once we got to the album we did we we did have some familiarity with the songs but there's so much to the songs though it's yeah. like listening to it yeah listening to it in the theater didn't really do no I, yeah not exactly. the theater we went no nah the visuals were great yeah. But the sound, no, no it's not. Yeah. No. Maybe if uh, we were at a Dolby Atmos theater. Yeah, we'd like, probably been, <laughs> That would have been a lot more real. Yeah. And it was funny because I think I was the only person thrashing. Yeah, you were, about the, you were like the only person who just like. I'm like, how could y'all? Even James Hetfield's like, headbang, do whatever. Yeah, everyone was, was just yeah. watching, recording. Oh, yeah, there was that dude that had the beer. Yeah. <laughs> and his phone dropped. His phone dropped. He's like, whatever. He's like, yeah, hey, we'll get out Forget about it. <laughs> it's like, we're watching Metallica. Who cares? And then, yeah, <laughs> not even going to get it. Right. And then there was the guy 
who was also an amputee. Yes, I was just gonna say, don't touch, touch me. me. <laughs> so he was this older gentleman who was also an amputee, but I didn't find out he was an amputee until a little right. bit later. And so we come out after the credits and everything, and then they play 72 seasons and Metallica's over the screen. So I'm like, yeah. So we come out and this dude's sitting and there, there was a few people surrounded. I'm like, are you okay? And I'm like, he fell. I'm like, yeah. no. And so I go to the bathroom, go back and check on him. And he, he looks at me. He's like, yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> we're like connecting, right? Because right, we're amputees. MPTs. But, you know, he has a little scratch on his face or like cut. And then he gets up. And people try to help him because he's stumbling. Right. He's like, don't touch, touch me. me. You're just like my son. Don't touch me. And he kept saying that. And the dude trying to help him was like, you're falling over, man. <laughs> he's like, he's like don't, 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 don't touch me. Like he reiterated the don't <laughs> twice before he said touch me. So that's our running joke now. It's like, don't, don't. Touch me. You're like, hey, how you doing? Don't, Don't touch, touch me. me. <laughs> so are there things that you notice? Because there's a bunch of things I noticed in the records in terms of the visuals, in terms of the cover, that kind of stuff. There's a lot. I mean, I really want to watch the videos again. I would love to see the, the movie again. I mean, I think. I mean, They're starting makes, to put a couple of them. They up, are starting to put yeah. a lot of it online. So I am seeing it back. I noticed that the themes... Even the uh, the visualizers respond to the music in a way like it's all harmonized lyrically and the, the, the sounds and the sequencing. It's not just like a couple of visuals just paired together with the music. I think they were intentional, like they're directors to all of these videos. So I, I'm seeing the, the stories being told through the visuals, but I think, I mean, it just, it, it, it flows. It flows. The Jesse I know is back. With the discussion of the harmony and the visuals. Thank yeah. you. You're back. You're back. Thank you. I missed you. <laughs> so, no, I think it's, yeah, watching it, it's beautiful to see. I mean, even when we saw it here, like when we saw just the um, the video for 72 Seasons, that's a great video. Like, incredible. I saw a couple of people just watching it for the first time, like their reactions. and Really? Yeah, and it's interesting how folks are just like, like I saw a bunch of these dudes like there was like six of them just watching the Metallica for the first time and they were like like they were all like really into it first time watching it and yeah I mean I know just seeing this again as someone experiencing this album for the first time as an appreciator I feel that they care they're not just doing it they're doing it because they care and they want the people experiencing this record to care just as much and to follow with them. And if, and they make it pretty easy because they're on the journey and you kind of want to see how they're doing on the journey, but they're inviting you to, to kind of join with them. And okay. so, yeah. Okay. The, the Jesse, I know. Is bad. <laughs> so the thing that I notice, I'm going to get a little more into the technical stuff and specifics, but right. the vinyl version, it's the first album that I could think of. I have every Metallica album on vinyl, but it's the first one, and I checked, so I could be wrong. But from what I saw, it's the first album where the lyric sheet was in a gatefold itself. So mm. usually they're on a single sheet, but this was the one that had a quote-unquote gatefold. And the lyrics 
were just contained to both of those sheets. So the other album that does have the gatefold opening lyric sheets is Lulu. (laughs) But the lyrics are on most of the sheets. So I found that interesting because, yeah, again, all of them are either on one double-sided sheet or you know some variation of that uh the other interesting thing is when you open up it's just on the two sheets but sides uh a and b were on one side and sides c and d were on the other the opening and closing songs had the longest set of lyrics so it was kind of symmetrical Mm. in that way and the length of the lyrics in between were a l- not exactly symmetrical, but it, it was a tiny bit symmetrical. So I just found that fascinating. That's the kind of stuff that yeah. I look at. I look at design <laughs> and right. how things are shaped and things like that. So the images of the burnt relics of youth, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people I'm sure have talked about that. I'm sure I will see that when I start looking at all these reviews and everything. But... I think like anything having to do with Metallica can be interpreted in various ways. So I'm just wondering how you interpret the cover. Yeah, well, the cover is very interesting. I mean, when I saw it, it it sort of like struck me as, yeah, like something being so I, it would be like, how do you say it? Like, um, so there's fire and there's water. So my experience with water has always been like scary because of hurricanes growing up in New Orleans because of mold so i was imagining it to be like this is the opposite (laughs) of like what it's like to be in a fire as opposed to a flood that's fascinating because i actually have a mold allergy right yeah and i will be sick for weeks if i have no idea what's going on right so that's fascinating you thought of that yeah because it reminded me when after hurricane katrina we all had to go back one of the things that always stick to my brain because it was such a memory is after Hurricane Katrina, we went back to the house for the first time. Does the memory remain? Yes, remain significantly. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's a significant memory because so we went to our grandmother's house, which was flooded. It was a duplex and it was flooded. And so it was moldy. We couldn't get into the door. I was the only one small enough to get into the window. So I remember they them having to break the glass window, put me in, into the kitchen and I'm just looking at every, like, I just remember seeing everything just, you know, toppled over all of the mold. So, and then finally I opened the door so that everyone can get in. But that memory was just like, yeah, just imagine everything just moldy and, and, and right. No, thank you. (laughs) I, cause that's the effect of water. But like in the case of the cover, everything's burned. Like it's a fire, but both are, just as damaging, of course. So as long, when I looked at the cover, it just struck me as like, oh, wow, something was burned. And it's like, obviously, the relics of childhood. So from the crib to the, the teddy bear and to the toys, it's like the skateboard. Everything has been impacted by some form of devastation, in this case, fire and just, you know, heat. And the ashes, you know, ashes of the past. <laughs> Ooh, you, references. <laughs> references yes that's that's a that's a good reference Mm. the thing that got me the most was the teddy bear the other stuff i was like oh wow the teddy bear i i that made me choke up a bit yeah that because i just got that right the thrift shop was it not too Mm -hmm. long ago and it's like 
know. I know, right? Yeah. The arm was all off. I know. So, so I listed them, the stuff that I could see. So there's a Burt Stratocaster guitar. There's the drum set, the turntable, the records, a, a couple of guns, what looked like a bong, a knife, a baseball <laughs> bat, globe, shoes, a toy Ooh. robot, some weights, a skateboard, a tricycle, some headphones, yep. a chair, a doll, a portable camera, some sunglasses, an alarm clock, a little hoop toy, those things right. where you, I don't even know what that's called. I used to have one. Uh, the Some miniature figures, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other stuff I'm missing, but those are the things that I recall. Did I not say record? How could, I didn't say, yeah, so turntable and records. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, what? Right. I, I'm not leaving that out. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> and the crib. So I want to know what the crib means for you. Yeah, I don't, the crib, that to me is like almost like the seed, the start. Like it's the nurturing. There's a crib, it seems to represent comfort for the child. You know, it's it's their it's their house. It's where they're able to really do every all of their plays in that crib. So it's like the protection. To me it represents like protection that's been burned and you know, like taken away. Like you don't have that comfort because it's been so okay. <laughs> okay. All right. See, I think of it like everything else about this album. I'm interpreting it at least two ways. Mm -hmm. So one way I interpret it is the imprisonment of growing up in a toxic environment as a child. Mm, so that's yeah, one way. Right. And then finally breaking free from all those things and starting over. Mm. So those are how I interpret it. And so the relics of what contributed to the childhood, <laughs> those were all burnt, yeah. But yeah. that established a sort of identity in those developing years. Mm -hmm. And the relationship you had with your family was also developed in those years. And somehow the best thing to do is leave the nest. That's another interpretation, leaving that nest, right. burning all right, of that. Burning that, wow. So that's, that's, that's how I saw it, but again, yeah. There's at least two interpretations of all the songs and the album and mm -hmm. everything. And I know people are like, what's the yellow and all that? I love every single cover of Metallica's albums. <sighs> okay, here's the other thing I want to talk about. Because I got into Metallica at the age of 14. Right. So I've been into Metallica in some capacity over the years for about 32 years. I have never consider myself a Metallica fan until this album. <laughs> right. And people are like, what That's do you it. mean? Yeah, you know all the songs. Like you, you know all the songs. You love yeah. all the albums. You've been to the concerts. Right. You love Lars, all this. How do you say you're not a fan? You love St. Anger. I'm a St. Anger stan. But I've never considered myself a Metallica fan until 72 until seasons. Album. And specifically the title track. I... I I don't know. It just it took it took, it took all that years it for took me to three. What's what's that's what's funny. It's it took load, Saint Anger, seventy two yep. seasons. And now so, I'm and now, now it's like I'm okay with saying I'm a fan. Yeah. And I've been into them since I was fourteen. Right. How old am I now? I'm almost fifty. <laughs> I I don't understand. I don't understand that part. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but for seventy two seasons. As all the covers on some level, it tells a story, 
But the thing for me, and it's not here, is it? Let me see. It's not in the cassette. It's only in the CD and vinyl versions. Uh -oh. The photos by Lee Jeffries. Oh, yes. Right. Oh, my Those goodness. I wish that was on the yeah. cassette because Those are... if you only got the cassette, you are missing some beautiful photos right i think those photos tell an even bigger story than the cover yeah and the thing for me i saw these dudes not too long ago in the snake pit they to me look younger up close and in person than in the photos mm -hmm. you see these lee jeffrey photos you see every wrinkle, yeah, every crevice, right. <laughs> every pore, every age spot, gray hair. Yeah, they look beautiful. Such beautiful. I, I mean, the sad eyes, everything. Right. And they just reminded me, you've seen the photos of the mine workers or the rail yes, workers. Right. Like yeah, it's, it exactly. It That's what it reminds me, me of. of that. Like, yeah, they just finished working a uh, colon, uh, yeah. being in the coal mounds or something. And just, uh, I graduated with a concentration of photography. So again, this is stuff I look for. Yeah. <laughs> I love photos <laughs> like that. And just the intimacy, the humanity in those photos. Yeah. The vulnerability in those photos, I think, tell a bigger story. This is where we are now. This just, this is, you know, what they, you look at HDTV, you're like, I'm not trying to see everybody's pores. Right. But HDTV does not tell that kind of story. It's just high definition TV. Mm -hmm. But these are highly exposed photos that tell you an even bigger story the, the eyes being the windows of the soul and right. all of those things. I am in love with those photos so much. Photos and it's so sad that they're not in the cassette I version. Know. <laughs> I want to frame those photos so bad. They're so beautiful. No, they're great. They're great. Oh, my goodness. I, I That's the thing. Another thing I love about Metallica is they're really about art and creating art that's memorable. And that might be a large thing because he's the art guy in the band. <laughs> But I think that just, oh my goodness. I think the way that these four men on some level, whether it's Robert Trujillo that was in Suicidal Tendencies or Infectious Grooves or when he played with Ozzy Osbourne and then everyone else who has been in Metallica, I think they have all been encapsulated in a particular set and state of time. Mm -hmm. And looking at those photos sort of dispels that. And I yeah. love every moment of that. It's so beautiful. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to gush about this album for five hours. So let's get into the songs. So yes. we're going to go through each song. And then if you want to go first, and then I'll go. Okay, so well, gonna... I'm going to actually... Okay. This is what I did. So... And I'm, I, I'm, I wrote stuff, so I'm just reading from it. I'm because right. if I don't read it, I know I'm gonna forget a bunch exactly. of stuff. So and I'm I, reading what I wrote. We can go through the songs. Uh, okay. You know each of the songs, but I, I wrote a poem. <gasps> I'm so excited! I'm so excited! <laughs> I wrote so a poem. I'm so um, excited! Y'all don't understand how exciting this is for me. I'm so excited. 
Oh yeah, my goodness. I was like, okay. I'm going to have to. I have been waiting to hear Jesse's viewpoint on this album. So this is. And I didn't know how I was going to like break it down. I was like, I should just write a description of just the pieces that I hear. Like when I, I just listened to it and I just came, you know, I just kind of like what Kirk was mentioning the riff from 72 seasons, how it just kind of dropped. The universe. The universe just dropped, was like, yeah. boop. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> this is kind of what this this poem is. It's it's That's how I, I, love I, <laughs> I love it so much. So I love this. Yeah. I love this so much. <laughs> I already just I cried. So now I'm going to gush. OK. OK. So <clears throat> 18 times four, 72 seasons gone. Spring, summer, autumn, winter, they've been burned alive. The ghosts of the past meet and greet at a promised retreat, starting from age one until 18. But what does that mean? The molding hands of the last finds my youth laying down on the holy bench, hearing whispers from the elders and missionaries that I plead for God to quench. Me and the world of all of our sins, they recommend that I enclose my anxiety into avoidance, abandoning my instinct and the voice inside. Echoes were heard in the night, awakening us to turn over into the light. You can run, but you can't hide. The evening pierces your day and enclose your eyes with sounds of agony and cries for help, wishing to be seen as in understood when your transgressions shoulder against what feels good, alerting you to waving inflictions which swoon your addictions to higher lands, stronger commands, 18 times four, 72 seasons gone. Uh, oh, I missed. I'm sorry. Okay. Go on other plans for correction inside a deeply syringed injection. The heart beats and races on, seeing how those shadows follow. The darkness comes in various forms, like roses to thorns and crowns of barbed wire, tempting you to fight fire with fire. Heavy is the head which faces the dead, screaming inside that suicide be the bed in which one confides, chasing the light. Within the dream, you sleepwalk your life away into a grippling blindness. You aim to go full speed or nothing. Lux eterna, temptation all around you. It parades you through and through. If darkness had a sun, will you undo what your father has done? Or are you too far gone in a room full of mirrors and reflections? What's ahead of you is also what is soon behind you. The shavings of dried remains of misery request that you be well that you stay and fade into their company, dried, expired, and stale. But you can say no, planting with the seeds of stillness, our garden will grow. This I know. Look, we're calling Q Prime so you can open for Metallica on the tour, okay? Okay, we got we got to find Q Prime because what's up? That was beautiful. Thank you. Wow. Now this album, as I said, this I've been trying to cry for the last three months, and by Shadows Follow, listening to that song, and on I mean from seventy two seasons I was just in it, but when Shadows Follow came around, and I noticed just the pieces of myself that I've been trying to hide away from. And just as you spoke to earlier, I also have a tendency of wanting to please everybody and wanting to provide space for even those that have proven not to be of service to me and just kind of always putting in the work and not really understanding that I have to really do what's best for me and surround myself with people who love me, not who are taking from me. 
and expecting me to perform as opposed to seeing me for who I am. And it just, yeah, it, it, it was such a beautiful, and then I thought of you because I thought of, I hear, cause I, even though with my depression is seasonal, I still have had feelings of wanting to be the best that I am and never feeling like I'm exactly that, but feeling like people see me as some, like people just think I got it right or that I have a life made for me because of the connections I've had with people like Prince and the experiences I've had. People just think, oh, you good. You always good. You seem to, and it's like, I'm not good. I, I doubt myself all the time. I question whether or not I'm even doing the right thing a lot of the time. It's because I, I want to be there for everybody, but I don't always know how to be there for myself. And this record just helped me see that I don't have to to hide my true self. I can be that and even when I'm feeling down, I, I don't have to 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 shun that for myself and to just try to always put myself in the the best position. It's okay to be vulnerable and yeah, those these themes like it, it hit me. And so Yeah, wow. that's I, that's that was beautiful, man. What? So, oh yeah look q prime hey <laughs> bernstein come on where 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 you at listen to this episode jesse's yes. right here he needs to open for metallica <laughs> i would be so nervous to do that um, but like um hi uh this is my poem <laughs> i think going to the 10 second or less or 20 second or less this album is going to help really bring out the hurt child in all of us oh my I goodness right the absolutely scared hurt child the scared hurt child yes i think that's the best way to put it. it speaks to it directly it's like mm -hmm. listen well you better listen well like yeah. it's literally yeah and i it's just it's just amazing what happens when you really you can read the lyrics and you can hear mm. all of these connections coming in a way that you didn't expect. Like, it's like, Oh, like he's just like showing you, he's showing you himself, but he's also showing you that mirror. So you're, right. you're you, you can't, exactly. you can't, yeah. you can't take yourself. It's not, as I said, it's like, yeah, you're witnessing their journey, but they're taking you on that journey with them. So you're seeing it, but they're also like, yeah, you're, you're coming along too. You can't just see us. You got to experience this too. You got to see, you got to answer those same questions. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. yeah. Thank you, Metallica. <laughs> Thank you. Now the first, the first song, the opening song was this your piece about that? Or was that just the album? That was the album. So what do you think of the song? Okay. 72 seasons. Just the fact that every season of our life is uh, molded by the conditions of that season, right? So like summer is often associated to the heat, everything's okay. But when you really factor in every season for the year, and when it makes that one year, it makes up all of these different things, these, all of these ups and downs. And I feel like when you really count, I mean, cause he was like, okay, from 18 to 18 years of age, like all of the things that happens before you're 18, like it's, it, it, it's like he's talking about wrath of man. So when he says wrath of man, no, he says, Rack of lamb. Sorry. <laughs> the wrath of man for me represents like the anger 
that is had are the uh the front the all of the because without i mean you need the darkness and the light as we're going to talk about without darkness there's no light but like wrath as opposed to love those two things are obviously in oppositions of one of each other in a way but it's like it's like you experience it's it's gone it's like 72 seasons when he says When he says, wrath of man leeching through, split in two, crash into point of view, wrath of man, violence, inheritance. It's like every, everything that we've gone through is feeding upon, like when you start something, it's not just started. It leaves a residue. It leaves a, a memory. And you're having to really deal with that memory afterwards. Like you experience something in the present. But you can't hold on to the present because then it becomes a past and it's something that it's all related. So I just feel like this song does a great job at acknowledging that everything is being eaten and processed. It's not once you eat, you have to process, you have to digest. It's not just a matter of eating it. It's also feeding. It's feeding on the wrath of man. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, that's all over the place. But yeah. well, it's interesting that you looked at those lyrics because that's also a nod or reference to M.I. Savage. It talks about, mm. you know, inheritance and all of this kind of stuff. So I don't know if this is a continuation of that or inspired right. by that, by but very similar themes of potentially repeating the quote unquote mistakes of mm-hmm. your fathers. Yeah. Right. So it's like, here's the decision it's like that meme they have when they're like hi where the hell or stay where to heaven right <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's right. like which path are you gonna take mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> yeah and what an opener i couldn't imagine a better uh, opener for this record oh yeah absolutely. That, that's just absolutely absolutely <laughs> So yeah, as I said, I'm reading because yes. I'm just afraid I'm going to miss right. out something that I really want to talk about. <laughs> as if the thing I love is how strong the contributions are from Rob on this album. This is historic for a Metallica album. While you hear the bass and songs like Anesthesia, The God That Failed, Orion, For Whom the Bell Tolls, My Friend of Misery, or Spit Out the Bone, the bass has never been a prominent instrument in the band. And in some of those songs named, it was assumed by many for years that it was a guitar. (laughs) Robert opens and closes out the album in a prominent way. And while it was apt for the title track to lay the groundwork for the album's narrative, it was Rob who inspired this process of creation to occur. It makes nothing but sense to have him open the album. 72 Seasons is one of the songs I've cried to already. Talking about crying. Mm -hmm. And I will cry to more. <laughs> I wrote about my experience prior to this album's release by saying this. I feel like this album is a chapter coming out of Hardwire's pessimism. The pandemic has been a time to do a lot of self-reflection. Rehabilitation is another time to do self-reflection. I keep saying this, but I sincerely do feel that this is a period of Metallica where their role is to simply be a messenger of light and unity. For me, this experience has been beyond music. When I hear all of these songs released so far, I hear catharsis, especially 72 seasons. I hear humanity working to break through the mess of humanness. What I hear is, what have we done? We still have time to alter the course of our human experience. 
I love this song. I love this song so much. (laughs) (laughs) I also wrote, it's all of these things, but I shed tears. This is after I cried, I wrote this. I shed tears primarily because despite losing a limb, I have actually begun to grow another part of myself in a funny way. Being an amputee has been a blessing, not necessarily in a physical sense, but in a spiritual and philosophical sense. I still struggle with self-doubt more times than I'd like to admit. Part of that definitely has to do with having a disability. And while I have days where I wonder and ask why I'm even here, there are other days where I can say you have survived, whether it's a life-altering accident or an abusive childhood. And I just want to say it's interesting. I wrote this right after the song because they literally have a song that says, I have survived. So it's kind of funny that even through the song, which is the main theme of the album, you can still capture some of the themes in the other songs. So I said, while these lyrics are a clear reference to James Hetfield's own experience with childhood trauma and self-doubt and his active work to heal from these things, it wasn't until the upteenth time I listened when I realized how much I actually identified with what the song was saying. These are not tears of sadness. They're revelatory tears. They are tears of acknowledgement. They are tears with the understanding that I, we, am more than my past. It is not only the past that shapes me, but every moment up until now does as well. Every day, the gift of Metallica's music becomes clearer. So that's my take on yes. 72 Seasons. Oh, the, the song. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. So now we have your song, Shadows right. Follow. Your thoughts on that? Like I said, it made me cry. This is the one that broke me down. Hmm. Uh, just because I, I write a lot about shadows as a poet. I've, I've written so many things about shadows and I'm just fascinated by the idea of light being, you know, shining against the surface and creating this cast. And, you know, you can fight this cast, but if you're fighting the cast, you're fighting the light. So I, I just love this song. I just love everything about this song. I love how first he says on I run, Still my shadows follow. And then at the end, it's like, if I run. So it's like, <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> you doing it on or if. It, it's it's still going to follow you. So just be in that light. And and so it, it, just, it just reaffirms that you can't run. That's what really broke me down. It's like, because so many times I have that instinct to want to run and create this new thing. It's like, you're still going to find that the shadows are going to follow you. Yeah. So you, you. You, that's not the way to do it. You know, the way to just to accept who you are living in that light and, and being you. And so, and I just love his vocals on this track. Like the, the vocals, seething, fast breathing, nightmares grow. I yeah. mean, that is, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. Like his vocals are just wonderful. And, Ooh, oh, yes. And that riff, oh, don't, 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 no, 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 no. It's just like, oh, yeah. I knew when I first heard Jesse's it. Jesse's back. He right. mentioned the riff. <laughs> right. Back to the riff. That riff, when I heard it, I'm like, I already know this is going to be my favorite. I said you that. You did say I that. Said when that. we watched the Right. Th- you did say I didn't that. know it was going to break yeah. me down, though. Yeah. Like, it, so, yeah, they sound so good on this track. This, this is a testament to how good. I mean, this whole album, there's no, I have no, I, I'm not, I'm not hating. 
I, there's no hate for me. That's right. No hate. Don't hate people. That's, what more can I say? Like I said, what more can I say? This song made me cry. And it it really, it hit me in a way I didn't expect. So now I know when I listen to it, I got to be careful. Now I know. <laughs> got to be careful, you know. <laughs> but yeah, press it, wonderful. Just, yeah. Mm. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So we're 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 on a different trajectory, but a similar trajectory because I said first of all, I want to give props to James' vocals. Yeah, he really does shine here. Right. I also really love what Lars does here, but when do I not? Right. That right. <laughs> while I identified with the whole album, which is again very rare for me, this was one of the songs that resonated with me the most. <laughs> this song also made me think of my beloved cat Lumbia, who is no longer Aww. here, because I used to sing meow 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 to her in the start stop rhythm, which is similar yeah, uh, to the right. song. So when it goes <laughs> at the beginning, when it's like dum dum dum, right. so I used to sing to her meow 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 meow. Oh, and so nice. when I hear the beginning of that song, I just go meow 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 So it makes me think of Lumbia, and so. To me, Metallica is a cat band because there's yeah. a lot of their songs yeah, where I go, meow, 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 meow. Yeah, right. So it's like, meow, 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 Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not going to sing the whole catalog in cat, but you get it. So I say you do so much healing work on yourself and there's a situation or persons you encounter that take you back all over again to that starting place. It just seems like a never-ending cycle. Yes. The shadows that follow could also be intrusive thoughts, which makes mm. sense that the following song is screaming suicide. Yes. What are your thoughts yeah, on that? I, yeah, I did catch that, actually. I'm like, this is going right into... like The, the sequencing the, on this the album sequencing, is yeah. perfect. The sequencing is perfect. Yeah, because he's giving you, like, right before he starts, he's giving you, like, that nugget, and you can reach into it. So I definitely... it. And scream? Are we going into screaming? Yeah, suicide? we are. Okay, that <laughs> screaming suicide. That made me, so I was still crying like when I was into screaming suicide because that's when it, that's what really made me think of folks that live with depression every day, like yourself. It's, it's like it's 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 that it's every day, mm-hmm. and it's in your and it's and it's inside and it's begging to be released, and I just it, it's something about the way that song starts and I know it's kind of weird to say it makes me happy especially um considering the subject matter but just the beginning of that riff that that it's just (laughs) oh it it's just and the way James sings this song and like he it it's just like wow you know because I've not personally really had experiences having suicidal ideation which i'm glad i'm so happy for you uh you don't even know how happy i am for you that you don't have to experience that right for real yeah i I, but to know that you deal with it and i've i've known others that deal with it and that's the part that makes me emotional because it just like you don't know what someone is going through and how they perceive the situations of themselves and their life and so to be there for them and to to really understand that this is a daily thing, it really made me just emotional listening to this song because all of the 
cravings to to overcome that sadness is not always met. Not everyone is able to really reach that place, you know, and it just really shows me like this listening to this song every time it comes on i'm like i'm i'm really when he's like listen well you better <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like you better listen well yeah just it, this song is incredible and i think for folks who are really struggling with feeling about suicidal this can definitely be a voice and reminding you that you you can talk to someone you can reach out to someone you can you can make it another day you don't have to to feel like you're alone. Like I said, even though I don't have that personal relationship with suicide, I've had moments where I feel worthless and I have wanted to harm myself in a sense of like self-sabotage where I say, well, I'll do something horrible to myself because no one cares anyway. And that's just as, you know, that's, I don't, I wouldn't say that that's something I've had that moments. I've had moments like that where I'm just like, whatever mm-hmm. i'm not i'm gonna just let myself go on this day i'm gonna I'm a harm myself and it shows up that way too because it's because it's like oh i'm not good enough i don't feel like who cares about me you know casting myself so i related to that and that's what made me cry too because it's like wow i have that in me too even though it's not the same it's Hate similar to be awake. right yeah yeah so hate to be awake living a mistake right more dead than alive i mean mm. That resonates with me. I mean, the whole song resonates with me. But the fact that you said it makes you happy, I think that makes a lot of sense because they, towards the end of the song, it's very hopeful. Yeah. So, right. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable or anything. That lo- just a lo- now that I'm exposed inside, shine the light on, on cyanide. cyanide. I'm no, I'm longer, no longer needed here. here. Now, now you, you face, face your, your biggest, biggest fear. fear. I mean, that's a that's the part yeah. that gives you. It, it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't need to. I don't need to hear this voice. I, you know, I like it. It does. It does definitely seal the the message of I'm gonna make it. Make it through the day, another day. <laughs> oh my goodness! So I said musically. <laughs> I love the nod to Deep Purple, Speed King, and Kirk Solo. I heard that. I saw someone <laughs> mention that in the comment. Oh, and somebody I, did? Someone mentioned it because I watched the video again, and someone mentioned the speed. Really? And I, I, I heard that for the first time, Deep Purple, Speed. Oh, so you heard never, the song? Yeah, because I didn't know what they were talking about. They referenced oh, okay. it, so I heard it. And I was like, oh, I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. So, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned that. And I do wonder if that was co-conspired by both Kirk and Lars, mm-hmm. because Deep Purple, the Deep Purple Lars connection is very deep. Okay. So I wonder if Kirk was just noodling around and felt inspired by that, or was Lars like, "Hey, that's Deep Purple." I don't know, but that was interesting that they did add that to the solo that Kirk did. It's very clear that Black Sabbath, their influence is all over this album. People have also mentioned nods to Corrosion of Conformity. It's songs like this, though, where I hear nods to a band like Soundgarden, which is fascinating given the song's subject matter. Thematically, this is another song I greatly identify with as a person who does experience ideation and who has, at several points in my life, made attempts to end my life. The first verse does appear to be referencing someone with an addiction to social media and the need to always keep up appearances in order to receive validation. These lyrics may be a direct reference to James himself as he has spoken about his experience with that and his reasoning for totally going off social media. 
Even though he's spoken to his relationship with social media, I haven't heard him directly speak to having experiences with ideation. So the verse could very well be about the general statistics around social media addiction and the connection to ideation. The other verses I can identify with a bit more as I currently do not have social media accounts. <laughs> very happy about that. While St. Anger explored attempting to figure out what these feelings were and struggling to name them, Screaming Suicide and the album it comes from was finally able to define these feelings and uttering its name. That internal conversation is very real. This is very much what happens on both good days and bad days, which you actually mentioned. Right. And sometimes both on the same day. Sometimes naming your feelings and experiences are one of the best things you can do. Sleepwalk my life away. Thoughts. <laughs> Another amazing vocal performance by James Heffield. Like he, he he sounds so great on this song. Like I just love the chorus. Wake, Wake day, God in this fail of dreaming. Wake me, day after day repeating. Wake, Wake me, sleepwalk my life away. Yeah, that yeah. sounds great. This is... Yeah, I know. We're not good singers like James Hetfield. You <laughs> yeah, don't we, have we, to tell we us. We can't it's fine. do it like James. But <laughs> I, I think this is a great lyric. I mean, lyrically, again, I just what he's talking about, sleepwalking. Like you don't even realize you out here, you sleepwalking, you know, and I've always found sleepwalking as a fascinating phenomenon because you're really sleep, but your body's doing something else. It's sort of like lucid dreaming where you, you register yourself as your body sleep, but you're out of your body walking or doing whatever. And I've had experience. I'm not sure if you've done lucid dreaming. Have you had experiences with lucid dreaming? No. Okay. Because it's fascinating what you're able like to get out of your body and to dream and see notice your body sleeping and you do all of these things. But with sleepwalking, it's the way he's describing it. It's like you're not you're not even dealing with your life because the dreams are motivating you. You're not even here. So I don't. It's just all of those connections are just fascinating. I really love this song. I think what again the vocal performance is exceptional, and I think. I just I don't know what more I can I say. Every time this comes on, I just I, I'm grooving with it. This is a this is a head like okay ro uh, rotation for me. Head rotation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So uh, the Lars and Rob opener. That's what yeah the yes. oh so good the bass and drums. Yes, absolutely love it. I can love have it. that on repeat. That need, that needs to be my ringtone. Just the oh. beginning of that. That's that's so good. <laughs> So I detected some slight reload nods, mm -hmm. may or may not yeah. be true, but where the wild things are and slither. So mm. looking, keeping your eyes to the sun, um, all children touch the sun, burnt fingers one by one. So mm. it, it may or may not be a nod to that. I don't know, based on the lyrics of Sleepwalk. But to me, the song aptly describes the brain fog that exists during a deep depressive episode. That is what mm, I'm seeing when I listen to yeah. the song. May or may not be that, but that's right. what I'm seeing that's and good. interpreting. 
<laughs> Lars also asked at the end, that was good, right? Did you hear right, that? Right, yeah, yeah. that was good, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of dialogue captured on tape at the end of several songs on this album, which tends to be reserved for the ends of their albums. The dialogue gives the album more of a collaborative feel, and it also gives a sense that both James and Lars have relinquished a bit of control and are seeking guidance or assistance in some way. Again, I could be wrong. But the dialogue throughout the album really is a nice touch. The last yeah. time you saw this much, I, I, from what I can remember, was Garage Days Revisited. I don't know. Oh, I, wow. I could be wrong, but that's okay. the last time I hear right. that much dialogue in between the songs and even during the songs. So, right. Yeah, Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, please. You <laughs> must, must burn. burn. <laughs> Ooh, I love, like... So I, this actually was a song because, you know, I was listening to the album, reading the lyrics, and I actually had to replay this one right after. Like, I didn't, I couldn't go to Lux Eternal so quick because I'm like, this is too good. Like, you must burn. You must burn. This like, is sad but true in the album. <laughs> yeah. I just love what he's talking about. Like, killing all we learn, history mm -hmm. will burn. Like, killing all we learn. It's the it's burn. burn. Yeah. yeah, I mean, smile as it burns to, to the, the ground. ground. The perfect don't want you. See, around. I know the lyrics. You know the lyrics already. <laughs> I'm looking at the lyrics. Chavilla's <laughs> just like going from her dome. I'm looking at the lyrics. Um, but just like, yeah, I, uh, question yourself. You may learn. You are the witch. You must burn. You are the witch. So, so like you, you would mentioned the you mentioned sort of the evolution of the lyrics within the song. This is another one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just it takes it a whole new level when you look at it from that context. Because, again, like when you look at even when there were those witch trials, anyone who questioned anyone who was who had any theory that was against the status quo. Yeah. You got burned. So it's like when you do that, when we take the initiative to question things, folks will burn you right like you can't you you're not allowed to to do that so <laughs> i like how he turned it around in that way and it just it, ooh, i was so just thinking, it, i want to listen to this song so like da, 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 da. so what do you think when he's saying like who's asking the question of who's the witch and then he goes you're the witch what do you think of that transition it's almost like i mean i don't know being in the position to question yourself or question what you're doing sort of like invites the flames, invites like now you're that's that's sometimes the, the price you pay for questioning is that you might get burned. OK. <laughs> OK. <And> that's just <laughs> so I mean, but oh, this the the, the riff is so yeah. good. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's. Yeah. By the time it ended, I'm like, no, yeah. replay. I have I to do it again. I, I <laughs> <Hey>. know. <laughs> so that's your repeat song. Okay. That's it. That's yeah. Your, that, so I said, here we are, the head nodder of the album. Yeah, that's the head. Also, the purify of the album. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the song where you tear everything down or burn everything down for your own survival. Mm. On its surface, the song thematically echoes. The Shortest Straw from Injustice for All, which alludes to the damaging effects of McCarthyism and the censorship which ensued in that environment. Given the overarching theme of struggling with mental health, I look at the song that it could be dealing with self-sabotage. 
Mm. And never really realizing your true potential because it's been stifled by any adults or caretakers in your life. A lot of these songs have double or triple meanings to me, though. I think another even more significant meaning of this song could be about finally being okay with letting go of the past and all that is connected to it. Sometimes that means a physical and or emotional move far away from the sources of trauma, which contributed to the self-sabotage or something like a gray rock approach. So you don't totally not deal with them, but you deal with them a little more than arm's length. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, I visit them at family reunion or whatever. You right. Know. Sometimes that really does mean never speaking to family members ever again for your own safety and well-being. Yes. This song is very much in line with Metallica's constant theme of you must die in order to truly live. Mm. Despite the title, if the second theory I have is correct, this is the most positive song on the album next to the following song. (laughs) During the listening event, I think this was the video where James was playing the beloved guitar named Carl in honor of Cliff Burton and the garage at their house on Carson Boulevard. Carl hasn't been out for a long time, so I was very pleased to yeah. see him. Carl is back. Everybody, yeah, I yelled, Carl, Carl is, is back. back. Everybody's like, who's Carl? Was like, huh? <laughs> I literally yelled, Carl is back. And everybody was, looked at me like I was weird. So I'm like, y'all don't know Carl. Y'all are not Metallica fans. What? I'm not the fan. Y'all are the fan. No, I don't <laughs> The use of call is interesting in that it's the one guitar that isn't traditionally filed down and it's got its nail sticking out. So I thought of that imagery as just being untreated wood, being uh, far more uh, easier to burn. And he's using Carl in the song, You Must Burn. I think about stuff like that. I've told you my brain is working every single minute of the day unless I'm in bed. And I'm sure it's working then too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I have these thoughts. So, I, so yeah, I, I think ultimately, yeah, on one level, self-sabotage, but I think the other, all of these things, I need to set myself free from the life of toxicity. So I need to burn all that. So I think that it's more metaphorical than anything. Mm. It's about letting go of the past. Yeah. That's what I think. But you think something else. So I am loving no, I can definitely see the fact that we too, have these various interpretations yeah. based on our experiences and right. our perceptions and even how we think of the writings of Metallica. I, I'm right. loving this so much. Yeah, it's great. So you know what the next song is, right? Lux Eterna. Let, let's not make the, the, the people mad. It's Luke's Eterna. Luke's. Let's, let's... <laughs> Luke's Eterna. So you've always described this song as a giant cat hugging you. And I agree fully. This song, it's, it's such a great, like as soon as it starts, like, cause you know, when we watched this in the theater, everyone was like, yeah, like this is the one that's like, yes. Like, <laughs> energy a hundred like this is the energy developer it's going to develop some energy in you when you listen to it because lars james rob kirk they're all doing their thing on this song and it's such it comes in as fast and it lead it it, it's just the if a song could be described as you know how when you watch a relaxing video like at least for me with asmr i'm a big asmr uh, follower and for me another thing that relaxes me is seeing someone 
like a sculptor or a painter, anyone who's doing something and they do it in such a, or a greater example is like a farmer or somebody working outside and they're doing a craft and they're completing the craft and they do it such like in enough time where it's just like perfect. Like that's how this song delivers. Like from the start to finish, it's like painting you this picture. And by the time it's finished, it's like, I want to see that again. Mm -hmm. Like, cause it's done in such a unique display is this song brings me so much joy every time i listen to it it, it came in perfectly after you must burn and that's why I, I see what you're saying like you must burn you it has this feel of you know you hear burn it's like burning but it's like no that's a good thing and then it comes when you burn enough now you're into the light and mm-hmm. so it yeah it's i i love it i love luxie turner Luxie Turner. It's- so I wanted to say I have ASMR as well. And was it audio sensory something meridian, res- response. meridian response? Yeah. And so they call it brain orgasms. Right. But for me, it's not podcast. It's not it is some some podcasts, I should say, but not ASMR geared podcasts. It's just random podcasts. Okay. I don't get the ASMR from listening to stuff that's specifically ASMR. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I don't know why, <laughs> but for me, it's having people borrow my stuff and ah. watching them borrow it. That's interesting. Okay. Like, like, Oh, can I borrow your pen and watching them and write? Watch that gives me ASMR. I, okay. I, I have that too. Um, also that. watching people have conversations gives me mm-hmm. ASMR just from the corner of my eye. I get oh, ASMR wow. watching that. But not anyone crumbling paper or right. going. <laughs> uh, I, I'm like that. That just annoys me. <laughs> right. Or sometimes watching people do hair does, but it's a specific way people do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all these A's, I don't watch those because I don't. Uh, I don't understand right. them. Again, I don't understand that part. <laughs> but. As you said, yes, the song to me feels like a giant, giant, <laughs> giant hug. The first time I heard it, it was November. I don't know why I remember right. this date because this goes against my, um, I You're am bad with dates. Date I person. usually am, but this date I remember <laughs> I was in the middle of something. And I remember because November 27th, and the only reason I remember this date is because a friend of mine reminded me of this video I made where... I sent a bunch of people. I was doing the crushing metal, ripping skin, tossing body mannequins, mm-hmm. spilling blood, beating it. So I did that and just sent it to people. And then the next day, Alexa Turner came out. So I remember <laughs> oh, this. Oh, wow. So the date is associated with a specific thing, which is why I remember it. But I was in the middle of doing something and I saw an email and it said, new song, new video, new album, new tour, something like that. And I'm like, what? Metallica, what, what is that? It's a yeah, we have an album coming out, 72 seasons. Lux to turn as a song. I said, What? So I listened to it 44 seconds and I was like, I love it. <laughs> right. I love it. I, I automatically love the song. I, I know I'm gonna love the album. Right. 44 seconds in. Yeah. So uh my prediction was correct. <laughs> Fortunately. <laughs> but to me, Metallica's a punk punk band. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care. That's another <laughs> hill I will die on. Even I'm, they're gonna argue me against right. this they, point. I think they are. I know they're inspired <laughs> by punk, but they are a punk. To me, Kill 'Em All is a punk album. I don't care. It's not a metal album. It's a punk album. I don't care if they talk about <laughs> No Life to Leather and Metal Militia. It's a punk album. 
(laughs) (laughs) So that song resonates with me as a punk kid. It's a punk song, even though it takes cues from metal. I don't care. Metallica's a punk band. Fight me on that. (laughs) (laughs) Punk. (laughs) But on a spiritual level, the song also resonates with me because I feel like as I said, I feel like their role is to use their art primarily as a means of connection. I really do feel that way. Mm-hmm. After over a year and a half of not performing live, the song is clearly a celebration of the elation people feel when coming together at a show. It's clearly a nod to the bands who inspired them as young people, as well as to their first album, the punk album, Kill Em All. Yes. <laughs> but overall, in connection to my initial point, I think this is a message that says the old adage will never stop, will never quit because we're Metallica. Yeah. You were supposed to say that. <laughs> right, I know. I just realized, I realized right after you said it. Because we're yeah. Metallica. <laughs> Even after the band has long since stopped playing music, the spirit of what connects people to them will still be there. Yes. Crown of barbed wire. Crown of Barbed Wire. This is the song I remember you saying, this song's going to make me cry. And it's, this is a very, I love this. I love the way he sings again. Vocal delivery by James is fantastic. And it really speaks to what happens when you're having to face the responsibility of whatever assignment you've been given. You know, like it's not... Like it's you. <laughs> We're there. We're on. The, yeah. We're there. So I mean, I, I listen to this and I'm like, oh yeah, like, uh, like you, you, you can sit on that throne and it's like, now you got to deal with this responsibility. You got to fill, fill in the spots that maybe seem unreachable. Yeah, this this song hits. I just like again the riffs of this i love the way this song closes particularly the ending is really good so yeah i everything about this song i I find it perfectly placed right after luxie turner because it's it's like it 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 takes you this album is just a journey and this this is like the route of the journey that you ain't really trying to pass through but you have to get through in order to to find that light which is Right around the corner after that. <laughs> this is the most descriptive I've ever seen you about a Metallica album, and I love it. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, while well, King Nothing, that's your song. Yeah, exactly right. right. While well, King Nothing sounds snarky or angry, Crown sounds weary and defeated. Mm-hmm. I imagine a tear-soaked James Hetfield singing the chorus. Right. It was like he was saying... You asked me where that crown was some years ago. Here's the explanation for what's happened since it's been repaired. I broke it on purpose. Mm. I am totally giving the credit to Zach Barkhalter, who was the first person I saw mention that he thought this song was referring to James's experience in Metallica. Initially, I disagreed, Mm. but the more I think about it and connect the two songs, while we both may be absolutely wrong on that point, <laughs> I think this may also be the case. I don't know his reasons. I don't know Zach's reasons for making that connection. But for me, looking into it, I think this and King Nothing are two out of several songs that speak to James's struggle with fame and the perception of it. He has spoken so often over the years about his destiny of playing music and how this is what he was made to do. 
Simultaneously, there are things about it which make him clearly uncomfortable, especially since some of those things could pull him back into his struggles with addiction. There is also a part of your soul you relinquish in such a position as his, especially as a lyric writer, and you are being pulled in several places at once. He was known by so many as the Riff God, mm. and age is catching up to him. The man with the iron right hand is human. Right. I see Crown of Barbed Wire as an examination of someone processing his eventual mortality. I also see it and King Nothing as a lyrical rendering of how the road to fame is paved with intentions that are far from the healthiest. Mm. Chasing light. There's no light. Give me uh, fuel, give me fire, give me that. that exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, chasing light. Yeah, this. Oh, chase this, that light. Lit all day. This is gonna be a crowd. Face that fight. <laughs> Lit all day. Yeah, it, it's catch so, that fall. Lit all day. End it all. Lit all day. Struggle, Lord God, without darkness. <laughs> No, 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 no. Without, Without darkness, darkness, there's no light. Yeah. This energy, so much energy in this. It's like you feel like you're on a marathon chasing the light with this one. It, oh, it's so good. It's, 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 it's really, really, really like really good as all of these songs are. But when this song comes in, it's like you didn't, you don't, you don't expect it to hit and then it hit. And it ain't missing. And so, yeah, I just love the interaction. The, the lean on me. I love, I just love that. And yeah, without darkness, there's no light. So again, he's, he's, he's talking about, you know, yeah, you're going to get to the light, but you, the darkness is there before you get to that light. So I, I, I just love this song. I, I don't know what more I can say. My, I'm glad that you you wrote reviews down and you can you can expound because I'm still at a point where I'm just like I'm listening, and I'm like, dude, I told you my brain right <laughs> works every second of the day. I told you this. Yeah. <laughs> so here's my theory. <clears throat> this is the unspoken number four in the Unforgiven series. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I could be totally wrong. <laughs> this is my 90%. I told y'all I'm 90% okay. wrong most of the time. What makes you say that? I, I'm going to explain it. <laughs> Without darkness, there is only light should be the saying that makes sense. However, there's no light. There's no light. Is relatable as someone who struggles to see the potential of light sometimes. If you push for one more day, you will eventually see even the surface of the sun. It's not unlike what Frederick Douglass said, without struggle, there's no progress. As an organizer, I am optimistic about what is to come in terms of the fight against larger systems of oppression. But sometimes it's hard for me to see my own personal progression. The song is a nice, encouraging reminder. The double meaning for me here is that I think the song is specifically autobiographical, but also James as an older man, empathetically looking at boys of a similar age when he was experiencing trauma and speaking as a guide of sorts. 
There's also a song that is going to be great for a call and response when performed live. (laughs) The third meaning could be, as mentioned before, Metallica utilizing the gifts they have for connection. Many who connect with their music have experienced trauma, and the song is, again, a form of encouragement. One of the running themes in the album was the consideration of ending it all. This also has several interpretations. There's a song about the struggle one has when considering literally ending their own life. The other interpretation is about simply wanting the struggle itself to end without the desire to end a life. When Hetfield sings, lost his way through wicked streets, but he is someone's little boy. I'm not going to sing it. Yeah. <laughs> All the love I'm about to sing it again. <laughs> All the love a young one needs, thoughtless elders have destroyed. It is destroyed. Yes. He's just a boy. I think those words were the first lyrics to break me. There's something rare in music these days, which sees the humanity and people that society or family structures have thrown away. All of these songs are excellent. I will say that this song does have my favorite ending as one of my favorite Lars moments on the album. You can hear tinges of spit out the bone in this ending and throughout the song. I don't care because I love that song as well. While spit is sneering and pessimistic, chasing light is more hopeful. I absolutely adore Lars's less is more approach, allowing the riffs some necessary space where he chooses to use the kick and where he does not. That's interesting. (laughs) The slight riff change at the end is also interesting. A lot of these starts and stops also remind me particularly of the Ozma slash Bowhead to Stoner Witch eras of the Melvins, one of my other favorite bands. Both bands have my favorite guitar tones, and I've always found the two bands similar in very specific ways for years, but now I'm just vocalizing it. Dale Crover is one of my favorite drummers, and so is Lars Ulrich. 72 Seasons is a perfect example of Lars utilizing the drums as a means to serve the song. He's always done this for the most part, but this album makes it very clear. This is one of the reasons he is my biggest inspiration at this stage of my life in this musical journey as an amputee. Speaking of, this is also the only song besides one that Mbuya, my (laughs) amputated leg, that's her name, Mbuya. This is the only song besides one she likes. When she's into something, she shakes uncontrollably. (laughs) I don't understand that part either, but (laughs) I was actually listening to this taking a shower and shaking, and I was like, yeah, stop. (laughs) So one and Chasing Light are the two songs where she she does I don't understand that part. (laughs) Just those two. (laughs) So getting into the sequence, I think another apt uh, Sequence shift is if darkness had a son. So, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, <laughs> if darkness had a son, here, here I, I am. am. <laughs> Temptation. No, Tempt- no, no! Can't say no. Can't say no. Yes. No, no. Anyway, go. No, I love if darkness had a son. I mean, just the title of that says a lot, and it's like bathing in holy water, like you know. <laughs> okay pk preacher's kid right exactly i was i'm a i'm a pk i know what it it's like i mean and just to think about how temptation was always framed in the church it was always seen as this great obstacle you know every day you're you know and temptation is just like oh the desire to go beyond uh or to 
go into the proclivity that is like exposed. Like, are you going to, are you going to acknowledge it? Are you going to play with it? It just doesn't, this, I love the way this song is structured. The solos are so great on this song. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just. Can, can I just say something? Yes. The, the thing about these solos on this album, I can sing them. Yes. Like, oh, well, you can, they're not memorable. And, and no one is immune from critique. So this is not saying like no one should critique Kirk Hammett. Mm-hmm. I love Kirk Hammett. I'm a Kirk Hammett fanboy, so I <laughs> <Right>. look. <laughs> Same. But yeah, like he is a person, just like the rest of us, he is not immune from critique. But I feel like the way people are getting on him in so many cases is unwarranted. Like, oh, his solos are not memorable. They're memorable to me. I can sing them back. Yeah, can I can sing back. back almost sound for sound the solo to Lux Eterna. Right. So people and I did it yesterday and and Right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so you were great. there. So <laughs> uh, I don't know. That, I mean it's unwarranted. People are gonna connect with it or not. And I think attacking someone and being like, well again, you need to play in the same way you did at the age of twenty five, that's not going to happen. Right. His style is different now. And either you're going to connect with it or not. I appreciate what he's doing. I'm a Kirk fanboy, so I don't, right. I don't know. <laughs> and I mean, he's, <laughs> I think he sounds amazing. I think, I mean, Kirk knows what he's doing. And as, as he said, he's playing for the album. He's playing for the song. He's not trying to add his, I mean, he's, he's fitting the song. So yeah, I really love if Darkness Had a Son. This is the song that really resonates, uh, again, with me as a PK, uh, because it really puts into light the aspect of bathing into the righteousness after darkness is sort of like flaunting itself. That's so fascinating. That's what I'm saying. Your takes are so interesting because that's not what I get at all. (laughs) (laughs) Totally different. Whoa. (laughs) I said, in what is already a perfectly sequenced album, this is one of the greatest examples I have seen. Light into Darkness. This is also one of the mm-hmm. two songs, Lux Eterna is the other one, that appears much heavier on the reverb. James mentioned that the phrase if darkness had a son was in his phone for years. Right. I cannot say if it were there since the if, if those lyrics were there since the Presidio slash St. Anger days, but the chant of temptation, among other things, harkens back to those days. Can't say no, 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 Great. Love it. The sun. And, and so I also want to mention James Hetfield's great songwriting. I, yeah. so there's the part in uh, the data that never comes. We, um, I put an end to this, I swear, the mm-hmm. sun will shine. But our thinking of it, the sun will shine, meaning the sun, right? right. But he's saying the sun. Oh, wow. Like if darkness had a sun. Just to play on those words. And if yeah. you look at the rest of the country. I love J- James Hetfield's yeah. pen game is so dope, man. Give the man some credit. That, Undoubtedly. I, we could have a whole episode on James Hetfield's songwriting. Oh, right. He yeah. might do that. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, 
The son has spent his days in those wicked streets and has done more than a few things. It's a constant fight to not stray from a healthier path. This may or may not be the only song in the album that it directly references James' struggle with addiction and return to rehabilitation. That's how I process the song. But you're processing it in a totally opposite way, which is so fascinating to me. That's so fascinating to me. I am loving this. (laughs) The next song. Too far Too gone. Too far gone. I resonate with this because I, I, I often feel too far gone. Um, mm. I, I have a thing of always saying I'm all over the place, which is another way of saying I'm like I'm I'm f- too far into the busyness of my process that I'm not even uniformed. I'm just kind of like I'm superfluous. I'm ex- I'm overflowing. I'm overwhelmed. I'm just all all of those things and. I resonate that that's what he's saying. I mean, this these are very, right? Exactly. Desperation. This is the agitation, desperation, static and disarray. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like, help me. Am I too far gone to save? Help me make it through the day. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like, it's a good question to really ask when you're going through anything. It's like, am I, am I like, am I, it's like when someone's like, is am I, maybe it's just me or is that, am, I, am I taking this too seriously? Am I like, am I really, it's just a perfect question to ask to sort of like recalibrate your standing. Like, where are you? And I just love the way the song builds. Um, and again, his vocal delivery that am I too far gone? It's, <laughs> it's just, it's excellent. I, um, yeah, I just, and then I love the way just for today, like it mm-hmm. ends at such a, like, mm-hmm. just like a sudden, like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's so it's like Dyer's Eve goes, nope. <laughs> right. No. And then it just ends. It's like, it's perfect. <laughs> I said the little I was spoken about or this little I've seen spoken about this album, I saw a lot of references to the Black album. This is fascinating mm. to me since this is the one song with the simplest, most pop punk structure on the album and the only song I think without a pre-chorus. This is a song I mm. think that is a sibling to Screaming Suicide, perfectly capturing the nuances of intrusive thoughts during a depressive episode. This song also seems like a pretty accurate portrayal of withdrawal, relapse, and rehabilitation. Sometimes a little sunshine peers through the clouds. When the song ends with Just For Today, I felt that. Depression, struggles with addiction, as well as rehabilitation are daily journeys. Mm. Every journey is different and significant in its own way. Yes. That's brilliant. (laughs) Room of the Mirrors. Room of Mirrors, yeah, this is one of my favorites. I, I, like, the way he sings, would you criticize? Mm -hmm. Like, the way he goes into that, it's just, yeah, and a room full of mirrors. Like, it's, and I remember he talked about, James said, after the tour is over, you know, you go back to the house with your family. You know, all, it ain't none of that. It's like, those are the people who are seeing you day to day. And, it reminds me of like, you know, you might have lived different places, but when you're around the people who've known you, they see you as, yeah, you just, you know, 
That's they see you with, with all those H spots and the right. pores and the yeah. Exactly. So they don't register you through the lens of how others do. So it's kind of like being in a room full of mirrors. It's like yeah, when you're with your family or when people who have those commonalities, they see you beyond all of that. Mm -hmm. And then it's like you have to. That's the self. That's you. It. I've always loved the contrast between the mirror and the window but like what's fascinating with the window or rather the mirror is that it doesn't you know it's just this unadulterated uh reflection that you have to accept whatever that day or moment is and it could look different three four or five what it, it's going to look different throughout time but the moment you're looking into it it can be dissatisfying at the time you know and you just have to accept that and and see it so I stand here before you. Mm -hmm. You might judge. You might just, just bury me. Because you might, or you or, or you might just set me free. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, oh, I love Please, that. Please, won't you set me free? Please, won't you set me free? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it. That's such a great way of saying it. Like it, yeah. Oh. yeah. And I love that they did this video the way. I mean, we saw two versions of it. The uh, the movie was with the. Uh, I love both versions. Right. So the one was sort of like the Atari graphics, mm -hmm. the 80s graphics. Oh, nice. Okay. And then you have the other sort of more animated one. Both versions were great. Yeah, both yeah. versions are great. Yeah. And the solos are so good. And it's, it's, oh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really finding, like, I, I'm a, yeah, this album is, I'm, it's it's you in my it it's so in my much. pocket it's in my pocket and I'm always in my pocket. So well, it's a it. it's a cassette, so <laughs> it can go in your pocket. <laughs> right. Yes. So to me, this song is James Hetfield's friend, the Boom Mic. Do you know what I'm referencing? No. Ooh. <laughs> the Boom Mic. So the movie Some Kind of Monster, when James comes back from his stint in rehab. And they, they just have cameras everywhere. He's like, wait, what are the cameras doing here? <laughs> and so there's a scene. He's like, oh, look, it's my friend, the boom mic. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think this song is James Hetfield's friend, the boom mic, except the mic has turned into close family members and friends. Uh. This is another one of the songs I resonated with the most. I have no problem being vulnerable in general. At the same time, I consider it extremely scary because I emotionally revert back to that shy, abused, traumatized kid mm. with that fear of ever disappointing people, lest I be harshly judged. I have a fear that my being vulnerable would be ignored and or ridiculed. Even though I have learned to project my voice, the little girl with the barely audible voice whose eyes were glued to the ground, which I mentioned before, always threatens to come back if I feel challenged in particular ways. I don't like feeling exposed if I know there's going to be a draft. The lyric that got me the most was, in a mirrored room, just a simple man, naked, broken, beat, and scarred. <laughs> what do I really know? That fear of letting go. And I think that mm. is the point where I looked at you in the screening. Right. I think this was the part. And then you were like, the riff, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> no, the lyric. No, the lyric. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love the reference to what is one of my personal theme songs. So Broken Bean and Scar, the mm -hmm. song from Death Magnetic is one of my theme songs. Right. As a person who is literally physically broken, beat and scarred, to me, that is easier than experiencing what those lyrics reflect. There's another lyric in the song, though, that I will forever mishear. While James sings Phantom Fame, I will Phantom always hear pain. Phantom Pain. <laughs> 
Anyone who is an amputee or has had a surgery knows what I mean. I will always hear Phantom Pain. Right. I don't care how much I know the lyrics. I'm always going to sing Phantom Pain. It's just, it is what it is. And so now we get to the final song. And the Murata. Oh my goodness. So this song, I knew when I heard it in the theater, it was going to be a favorite. I think anyone who's listening to this song, they're going to come to that same conclusion. I mean... I love, so I, what I did was, so I heard this song and then I heard Friend of Misery right afterwards Oh, because okay. I, for some reason, forgot about that song. I mean, what? Was, Wait. I know, I know, but you know, you, you going back to the beginning, it's going to come back to haunt I know, you, you know, I know that, right? I know. <laughs> going back to the beginning of this episode, though, when we talked about, you know, rating the albums, the black album for me is kind of low. Which maybe, oh. you know, but I, so I listened to it again. I'm like, this is a great song. Like, yeah, this song is. is fantastic. I love the way James sings it. And I love him talking about misery because I've always, so there's a couple of things that came to mind when I thought of this song. So I thought of the silent retreat I was on earlier this year because one of the key components was to, when you meditate, is to absolve yourself from wanting to crave because when you crave things you're you know you're attracting misery and you're attracting pain because you constantly are trying to go beyond where you are you're not in the present because you're so you're yearning for the past or you're yearning for the future so this reminded me of just how misery is formed and how misery can you know as we know misery loves company and so if misery is misery is always asking you to and i've had and there's I've had people in particular in my life that have wanted to connect with me just to share in that misery. And I've been mm -hmm. the person to just kind of like, okay, I'll keep it along this person's like, I, oh my goodness. Like so much of my life, I could think of particular a person in my life. I know he's talking <laughs> right. About. I know he's talking about like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Like the whole struggle was like, well, I have to be there for them. I have to. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, misery, they are going. And I love how he says, I will end this war. Mm -hmm. Like, she needs me, but I'm going to end this war. Like, you, like, oh, it was a heat. James somehow looked through the glass and was like, yeah, I know. I, I know what you, this is, yeah, I'm going through the same thing. And so the way this song speaks of that and concludes the the yearning, like, and just the solos at the end are so, like, Rob's bass. Oh, the bass. Yeah, Rob's, Rob's background singing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like it, they're all in it. Like it's a. I couldn't imagine doing that and not seeing them crying afterwards. Like probably they were just probably like, oof. No, at the end, <laughs> they were like, "This is great. This is good." <laughs> like <laughs> we the, like this take. We like this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah, this song, that bass solo in the mid, like towards the uh, end, and it's just and James' voice, like. Oh. His, his his oh yes like i replay this is another one that went on replay right after i, I heard it i was like I, you know you think forgive me forgive, yeah exactly forgive, forgive me, me not. not she needs me but i need her uh, <laughs> yeah 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 and i love of course i'm forgiving three so i mean yeah this what a perfect way to end this record this is again, this is this album is like watching someone who has been doing their craft for so long. You witness it in front of your eyes and you're like, wow, 
you can tell they've been doing it for a long time, but it really refines when you when you're seeing it and when you're listening to it. So I mean, I, this is I I I was like I really resonate, the, and it it reminded me that I could end the war with misery because I still feel, you know, again the shadows that follow my past and the folks that have come in my life that I've always felt responsible to exist with them in that state of misery and that state of unforgiven, <laughs> unresolved, you know, always believing that you could um, have some sort of closure, but there's that, that closure that can exist because they're still following the sequence. They're not looking for a solution. It's just like, Oh, this is, who I am, we're going to be designed and determined by this. It's like, no, you don't have to allow yourself to, to be drained, to be taken, to be put into that, that space of, of misery. You don't have to allow that because it's not going to benefit you. It's just, it's going to keep you in that. So like, it was really like he was telling me like, you don't got to do that. You can end this war. You could, and it, it just really connects with me. So this song, yeah, brilliant. I, I mean, it's the perfect ending for this record. And it makes me, I mean, this is a journey in a, in a way that it really, really hits at your door with self-discovery. Like it, it makes you take that course of, of like, he's like, all right, I'm ending this. What are you, like, what you, what you gonna do? What you like? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. What you gonna do? <laughs> okay, here we go. <clears throat> the last, but certainly not least, Enamorado. The physical copy releases of this song say it's 11 minutes and 10 seconds, but the YouTube version says it's 11 minutes and 11 seconds. There is a reason I'd like to focus on the YouTube version's time. I have mentioned several times on this podcast how my relationship to how I engage with Metallica at this point in my life, including this episode, is primarily from a spiritual and philosophical level. This seems to have started before the accident when one day I would just randomly listen to one on repeat over and over again. I really do feel that it was the universe preparing me for what was to come. One was the only song in my head as I lay in a hospital bed with immense pain when I had no other access to music. It was the one song that reflected exactly what I was experiencing at that moment. It was the 40th anniversary during the performance of Bleeding Me when I began to, out of nowhere, lift my hands in prayer and repeatedly thank God for the existence of Metallica. When the song was over, James Hetfield mentioned that doing the song was, quote, selfishly therapeutic. He was indeed speaking for himself, but I have no doubt he understood that many others were in need of that song as well. I wouldn't go as far as to declare this band a bunch of saints, as that would be wholly inaccurate, <laughs> but I sincerely do feel they collectively experienced the journey they did in order for them to understand their roles as a vessel for connection, if you will. People want them to exist in the same life form they were from 35 years ago. But if this was the case, they would be rejecting the role I really do feel they were sent here to perform. 
which has perfectly been materialized in this album. To me, 72 Seasons is an engaging manifestation of love, or L-O-V-E, that law of vibrational energy. The significance of 1111 is that the heart was open enough to produce such a song and such an album. It is being open to letting go of control and accepting change. It is the acceptance and awareness of the journey that is before you and beside you. I know nothing of the band's perspective, but I really do think Enamorata holds some spiritual significance. It is also the second song I cried deeply to from this album. I connected with it as a survivor of assault and abuse, both as a child and an adult. Sometimes you begin to view abuse as love because that's all you know. You continually encounter the same relationships despite knowing how harmful or unhealthy they are. One of the examples I give is when I was continually emotionally abused by a possessive partner. I did not make the decision to leave him until he stated in public that he was threatening to be physically violent with me. Right after I left him, I entered a non-romantic relationship with a guy who was just as abusive, if not more, where he continually called me ugly, was incredibly judgmental about things I'd say, music I'd listen to, etc. He also slightly flaunted a new partner in my face as I acted like a third wheel. I felt horrible when I was with him, but I never considered what he did at the time as abuse because I just wanted the connection. People keep telling you you're deserving of love, but based on your experiences, you start to believe that the love people are describing will never be a reality to you. Depression itself sometimes feels a lot like that abusive partner. You want to leave, but you are trapped, either because you don't have the financial resources to get help, you may not have a community to help you with said resources because that abusive partner has taken away all means of communication. It could be anything, but you have been plotting your escape and they are none the wiser. You may live with depression, but you don't live for depression. Anamorada mm. is not only a perfect follow-up after Room of Mirrors, but is a perfect closer to what I consider to be a perfect album. This song with its obvious nods to the Black Album's My Friend of Misery, reminds me of that scene in Some Kind of Monster where James acknowledged his comfort in the struggle and was saddened to know he must leave it all behind. He spoke about himself not necessarily knowing the difference between sadness and depression. Phil Toll, who was the therapist at the time, correctly responded that there really is a difference. You know you must move on but you also crave that comfort of chaos because that's all you've known. Mm. The defiant nose at the end of Enamorada are reminiscent of the ending of Reload's Fixer when James exclaims his desire to break free. As we can see, even though the struggle continues, Aluta continua, Metallica have come out much better people for that struggle. And therein lies our overview Yes. Oh, 72 seasons. <laughs> that was wonderfully said. Brilliantly said. Yes. <sighs> this album, yeah. yo. <laughs> I am so glad this album came out and that 
it's speaking the way it's speaking because mm-hmm. I, yeah you don't even I mean, have what, what, can, what can even be said like <laughs> y'all have to listen to this record like so it's fascinating again to hear your views your perceptions whatever visions you have in the course of listening and some of it we've been similar on and some of it we've been very different it's so fascinating to me to also watch you grow as a person who appreciates this band because it's only been maybe a couple years about a year and a half year and a half too so and then again i've been into them since 14 and this is still a new experience for me (laughs) as well so to go through this together it's just so fascinating and clearly we will continue to go through this together but it's just a whole different uh, i mean i don't have a lot of words either which is why i wrote a lot of this down because i knew i would right just be clouded like what are you? i don't remember what i was gonna say but this has definitely been an incredible journey and to experience this in real time just imagine someone 20 years from now listening to this album and not having had experienced it in real time like i was alive when the black album hype happened and now we're in a different time where there's internet Mm -hmm. i mean there was internet then too but it's very different where there wasn't streaming right and people took in music in a very different way than they do now so to see how one will take in an album like 72 seasons and have it be such this emotional journey because you have come up in a generation where there was internet when you came into the world. Absolutely. Right. And I was not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what I mean. I think the youth are really responding to this album significantly. And I don't think it's just because of the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The stranger things. Yeah. I don't think so either. No, I think people can really resonate with these themes because mm. folks my age and younger are talking about this stuff because we've we're also experiencing the effects of social media so like the isolation and they wrote this during yeah COVID, the height, the height, the height of, of covid, COVID. Yeah. so i mean they even understand on some level so i feel like folks are really grasping all of these themes because of the personal relationship with what's been happening in the world and what happens when you're craving dopamine and mm. someone to connect with on social media or um, in general in general right just to have some some helping or someone to listen to you someone to to see you for who who you are all of what that looks like and so i think it does such a great job at showing you're not the only one going through your own experiences and that we're in this collective and we're all trying to figure out who we are because of our experiences but also because of the circumstances of the life we live in it just does such a good job at lifting you up while also showing you that yeah it's stuff that you're experiencing but it's also things that you had no control over in the seasons of your life i just think the con- the concept of 72 seasons meaning you, you for one to take into account all of the experiences that happened by 18 really puts into perspective like that really does define no matter how how old you are people remember their upbringing their upbringing is really sort of like the catalyst to their journeys wherever they are like it you can't go into the future without thinking of the molding of the past so such an exceptional job from 
all of the musicians. I mean, James, Kirk, Rob, Lars. Fantastic. I would stand, but I only have one. <laughs> I only have one leg to stand on, right? That's all what right. That's the <laughs> yeah. <you only. laughs> so applause. And I, I, yeah, I'll be listening to this album. I'm going to get the lyrics down. How long do you think it's going to take me to get all of them? For me, for you, it would probably take you another three weeks. Three weeks for you. How how much do you think? To be safe, we're gonna say six weeks for me. Okay, but that's at least, pretty good for you. Yeah, you don't even know Death Magnetic. <laughs> you saying six weeks for seventy two? Right. Yeah. That's some some high hopes there for you, buddy. Yeah. Well, this <laughs> album is gonna. It's not like it doesn't support me. It's too good for me. I'm gonna listen just by default of me listening to it. I'm gonna get it. That's. Yeah. Oh, so you say you don't listen to Death Magnetic? No, I am. I'm gonna be listening to that too. <laughs> I might go by the end. By the time I finish this one, I should. Yeah, I'm gonna be listening. I still. I mean, come on, Death Magnetic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this special episode. We hope you really did enjoy it. We hope you got something positive out of it. Perhaps learned something, and maybe had some of these interpretations yeah. or visuals or whatever it is for you. And maybe you had some different ones that you can contribute and share with us. So thank you so much again. We'll be back uh, hopefully soon yes. and uh, have a good time. Have a good are. time. And thank you so much Metallica for producing, creating, releasing this beautiful work called 72 seasons. Thank you. We are forever indebted in gratitude. Born into gratitude. <laughs> Don't sleep at the wheel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing all your past into the fire. And stand there. <laughs> <laughs>